Mr. Rogers gave this advice to the children watching him. Look for the helpers. When bad things happen, look for the helpers. We all want to be helpers. Many of us have jobs in helping professions. However, the temptation is to find our worth in our helping. But if we're a professional helper or just a helper recreationally, there's an order we need to live by. Worth before everything. As helpers, we can make the mistake of racing into the work, the burning building that our world presently is, and whether we realize it or not, try to build our worth in our doing. It's a tragic mistake with big and small consequences. So remember, worth before everything. When we think of the world's greatest helpers, people like Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr., and Mother Teresa come to mind. The idea of worth before everything is on full display in the story of Jesus. If you're not familiar, he comes to save and serve the world. The four Gospels of the New Testament tell the story. Jesus is around 30 years old, and he comes to the point of starting his work. Before he does, he's baptized. If you're involved in the Christian faith, you understand something about baptism. Being baptized is receiving grace. We don't baptize ourselves. Someone does it for us. We receive it. We don't perform. We don't work. It's a gift. When Jesus comes up out of the water, the voice of his Father God says over him, This is my Son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. The next thing that happens in the book of Matthew is Jesus goes into the desert to endure temptation, and the action of the story begins. But let's consider that statement of Jesus' value and love status. It happens before Jesus has done anything. Everyone in life gets that before we do or win. Another exciting thing about the Christian story is that statement comes from God himself. Let me explain. Do you have any friends close enough that some things don't need to be spoken? You can be doing something together and you fall into a rhythm of knowing with them that transcends the need to talk? I have a few, but here God the Father speaks over the Son something that should be a known truth. Two members of the Trinity sharing a spoken word. By the way, the Trinity is understood to be the most perfect and harmonious relationship ever. So calling the Trinity close friends who don't need to say things doesn't even come close. And yet the effort is made to say this affirmation out loud. That makes me think it's pretty essential. As people who serve others, helpers, and those hoping to impact the world for good, we can bypass this necessary experience, hearing and absorbing the truth of our worth before all are doing. In her incredible book, This Here Flesh, Cole Arthur Riley says, From the womb, we must repeat with regularity that to love ourselves is to survive. I believe that is what my father wanted for me and knew I would so desperately need, a tool for survival, the truth of my dignity, named like a mercy, new each morning. For us, it's not a one-time thing. Maybe for Jesus it was. And maybe in our Savior complex, we need to be reminded that we're not Jesus, especially in the moments our roles change or our connection to our work evolves, the moment our usefulness starts to fade in a world seemingly hell-bent on constant increasing productivity, our worth can evaporate. We need a routine experience of hearing the truth of our worth and living it, or we're tempted to build our worth in other ways. Competition, comparison, passing our colleagues up in success or position, all to feel like we matter. When we win, we might become momentarily confident, and when we base our worth on winning, we sadly become increasingly more unstable in who we are. 
This is because we've built our worth on something bound to change. Hey, we won't always win or be on top. And the game seems to be changing to ensure that. In my profession, we're encouraged to be effective speakers. It's not all we do, but it's maybe the most visible. Engaging a room filled with people who need help. But 2020 came, 2021 followed, and the rooms weren't filled, or they went away entirely. More than a few of my colleagues admitted to a crisis experience. Report after report came of pastors leaving the ministry. So how did a group of people committed to helping the world get caught up in a crisis of worth? Sometimes I feel like our worth is a bit like a shell game. It's over here in being a college student one minute, and then it's here as a spouse. Or maybe it's finally here as a parent. But that's more a misunderstanding about worth. We've not lived the truth that our worth is imparted to us by our Creator. Before all our doing, we're loved. On occasion, I'll be called to officiate a funeral for a person I don't know. The family needs a person to do it. I will almost always meet with that family beforehand to learn about the person who's passed away. I'll ask them to tell me about their father, their mother, their sibling. About 90% of the time, they'll say to me, they were a hard worker. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if that's not some way of telling me our investment in grieving this person has been earned. They were a hard worker. I've never said this, but I've wanted to. We'd be here mourning, even if they weren't. Do we believe that about ourselves? Our worth comes from something that we can't earn. Worth before everything. It's more than just an idea to hear, agree with, and then move on. It's a way of living. This Feral Soul newsletter is the place I'll be doing that. Check out the first post for more on what it is. Subscribe if you like. I'll be posting something every Thursday, and if you subscribe, you'll automatically get the post. Sometimes a video, and hopefully, always a recording, a reading of the post for folks who may be too busy to read it. I hope you'll join me or pass on a post to someone you know. There's a comment section to engage in a dialogue, and I hope you use it. Be well, and remember our worth comes before all of our doing.